You're listening to Pilgrim Walk, where we discuss what it is to be holy in an unholy world. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Pineda, your host here on Pilgrim Walk. Um, I've been gone for just a little bit here for probably a, uh, maybe a week and a half or so. Um, I, I developed a little cold here, and, and then with allergies on top of it, uh, I really didn't have much of a voice, so I apologize for my little absence here. But I am back, and I hope that you are glad to be here with me today. And we are continuing on. This is going to be our part three of the fruits of the Spirit. We are going to be talking specifically about the very end of Galatians uh, and our passage in Galatians 5 that we've been covering. So I am going to read that entire passage again, just to put us on the same sheet of music, if you will. And that way we know where we're at. Uh, I do hope all of you are doing well. Uh, time is just clicking away. Next week, we celebrate the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I do hope that you are prepared for uh, church services that are going to be coming. Most churches will have uh, usually a two to three different services through the week, uh, depending on the type of church you go to. If you don't have a church, or if you're not sure if your church offers services, first contact your church, the one that you go to. But if you don't have a church, or you're in, in between, you don't know what to do, uh, if you need help trying to find a church that is a Bible-preaching gospel church, contact me. Let me know. I'll help you find a church that's going to preach the Bible. Because, folks, this is the holiest time of year. Oftentimes, Christians like to go to Christmas as the holiest time of year. And it's an important time of year because we remember the incarnation of our Lord Christ. But, folks, he came for a purpose. He came to be the ultimate once and for all sacrifice for our sins. And we remember that next week. And so you need to be within church. And when I say church, I'm talking about the people of God. Go to where the people of God are. Go to where the people of God are worshiping. This is very important that you become part of a congregation where you can hear the preached word of God on a regular basis, one where you have the opportunity to be part of a fellowship that we are called to be part of. So if you don't have a church, please let me know. I will be more than happy to assist you with finding a church in your area. You can get more information as far as how to contact me on my website at gracecm.org. And there's a contact link right there you can just select. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and let's read this section, Galatians 5. This is Galatians 5, starting in verse 16, and we'll be going through verse 24. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. 
For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Well, on our part one, we talked about what those desires of the flesh are. It's important for us to know what these things are. It's not always comfortable to talk about. I mean, we don't want to talk about sins that we're dealing with. We don't necessarily want to deal with having to discuss some of the more, well, there's some more sensitive things being mentioned in verses uh, you know, 17 through uh, 21. I mean, it's it's kind of tough stuff. There's some more mature types of subjects there. But we have to learn that we have to discuss these things. A lot of people in the world don't want to discuss sin. They don't want to talk about it. They only want to deal with God's love. Now, understanding, we are covered because of God's love for us. We are saved because of God's love for us. But we have to understand our position in this life. Why did he have to come and pour his love onto us through his sacrifice? Why did he have to do that? Well, it lists those things right there when we're looking at the desires of the flesh. We're all guilty in different ways at different times, yet we are guilty. Well, that part two, we went into the actual fruits of the Spirit. So if we are in Christ, these are things that we will show. It's the, it's the works. It's the result of our regeneration. So the result of our, of our regeneration is that we're going to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We're going to show those things as a result of our salvation. Those are things we don't have to necessarily do in order to have saving faith. It comes as a result of saving faith. We are not saved by works. We see that in Ephesians. Today, we're going to talk about what does it mean to crucify the flesh. So verse 24 says, In those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, oftentimes we say, oh, well, that just means we take up our cross and follow Christ. But what is that, though? What is crucifying our flesh? This becomes a topic that's very difficult for a lot of believers. Now, it shouldn't be. I mean, I'm going to lay that right out <laughs> front right now. It should not be a difficult topic for us. The reason why it's difficult is because to crucify our flesh, it's meaning that this is part, I mean, our crucifying our flesh is part of our continued sanctification. 
but it means we're living a life of constant repentance. We are living a life of repentance every day, all the time, always repenting. And that's what a lot of professing Christians have a problem with. The idea that they have to live a life of repentance means that they're still dealing with sins and they can't do whatever they want. They're, they're not permitted to just do whatever they want, right? Even the Apostle Paul talks about how, you know, should we continue to sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. The idea is that we are supposed to be purging our lives all the time, daily, of sin. It means that we should be continuing our growth and sanctification, that repentance is a huge part of that. We don't necessarily like to talk about it. A lot of Christians have a difficult time talking about having to, well, repent all the time because they think they should be able to do what they want. They are saved. They are not condemned anymore. That does not mean, however, we get to do what we want. It doesn't mean we get to live like the world without any repercussions. This is a big deal. We should be constantly crucifying our flesh with its passions and its desires. I'm going to quickly look here at Romans chapter 6. I'm going to look at verses uh, 12 through 14. It says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. So verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Sin should not be reigning in our life. It doesn't mean we won't sin. It also doesn't mean that if we do sin, we're going to somehow forfeit our salvation. If you are saved, if you are a child of God, a true child of God, your position is secure. But it doesn't mean you have then the right to do whatever you want. This is a big problem within the church at large, where you have those that are professing Christians, and yet from every bit of, well, from every bit of evidence we can see in their lives, it's as if they are on the broad road they are acting and living and talking and thinking no different than the world around them. There is no difference. Yeah, sure, maybe they go to church every Sunday. Maybe they go to church a couple days a week. They can speak the lingo. And they talk all about God's love, yet their lives are just like the world. There's no difference in the way they speak, in the way they think. They seem to get along with everything and everyone in the world system. There is no conflict. They look like the world in the way they dress. The way they deal with other people, just like the world. 
there doesn't seem to be any evidence of repentance in their lives. That, unfortunately, speaks to a great majority of professing Christians. That cannot continue in your life if you are a believer. Romans 8, chapter 12 and 13 says, So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. 17th century theologian John Owen once said, Be killing sin, or it will be killing you. We have to put the flesh to death. We have to constantly be examining our lives, finding areas that we can continue in our sanctification. We can, there's things we got to purge so that sanctification can move forward. But when we're hanging on to sin because we simply like what we're doing, folks, we're missing the mark. Entertainment is one of the biggest issues that we have within the church. People are being entertained literally to death. They have no qualms with entertainment. They have no qualms with watching something and celebrating something that clearly is blasphemy many times. It's clearly endorsing sin. And Christians will watch this without having any problems doing so. They're, they're not offended. They're not bothered. They just go right on ahead and watch so much garbage or listen to so much garbage. Folks, if you're listening to music that is using a lot of profanity and it's singing about sexual things that are unbiblical, ungodly, you should be offended as a Christian. Why are you listening to it and enjoying it? We are different, or at least we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be like the rest of the world. Purge your life. Get the garbage out. You need to be growing in your sanctification. Do you ever struggle with the security of your salvation? Do you wonder, am I actually saved? Well, why do you wonder that? Let's talk about it. A lot of people, they struggle with the assurance of their salvation because they just don't actually understand the promises of God fully. And, and that can happen. I mean, we're human, right? We're still human. And we are still going to have doubts and we're going to not understand God completely. So there is that. There is the fact that we don't always understand God's promises fully. Sometimes we even do an awful thing and we don't even think we're doing it where we, we just don't believe that God has could really save me, right? I mean, I've been through that. I'm sure you have too, where you look in your past and you're like, wow, how in the world can I be saved? And it's actually a very valid question because it's true. How can you be saved? Well, by the power of God. 
He has saved you if you are indeed one of his children. And as one of his children, you are in his hands and nothing can take you out of his hands. You are his forever. Now, some Christians, however, they doubt their salvation because at every step, they're living like the world. They know it. They feel convicted of it, as they should. If you are feel convicted in your life, look at the reasons that that could be. You know that could be the reason why. Why are you feeling convicted? Is there certain lifestyle or sin that you keep finding yourself dealing with, and it, you don't seem to have victory? Well, yeah, that could make you doubt your salvation. Sure, I get it. Now, if you're struggling with your salvation, then that's a good thing because you are questioning it. You are looking at your life. It's a good thing for us to do. We should all be examining ourselves daily. I've had people get very upset with me when I talk about examining themselves. They, I've had people actually say that, well, it's just not very Christ-like. And it's like, are you kidding me? It's in the Bible. The Apostle Paul tells us to examine ourselves daily. Now, some people have said, well, that's just the Apostle Paul. <laughs> the Apostle Paul wrote inspired scripture. Take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Read the whole thing. It talks about examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. This is important for all of us to do, but people are very offended by it. Now, if you're a, a professing Christian and, well, you, you just do everything like the world, you're, you live a worldly life, you, your, your mind is set on the things of the world, you enjoy them very much so, and, and yeah, you might go to church, but let's be honest, going to church does not make you a Christian. But if you have a life like the world, and yet there's not really any change going on, you know, you think that you should be able to do these things, and, and you're not bothered by it, yeah, I'd be worried too. I really would. Am I saying you're not a Christian? No, that's not what I'm saying. Because I don't know that. However, we can be fruit inspectors. We can look at fruit and judge fruit. And we can see whether we are in the faith by looking at the fruit in our lives. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you won't fall into sin. Because you will. You are not perfect and you will fall. But what happens after? What happens after we're at a place where we realize we have fallen? and have sinned? Are we striving for God, or are we just continuing on as if nothing's wrong? There is hope for those that have fallen into sin. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you are in Christ, he has forgiven you. So if you are dealing with having difficulties crucifying certain parts of your flesh, and it's a struggle, and it's like a battle all the time, 
know that he has forgiven you of your sins. And he will, he will complete your salvation in the end. And when I say complete your salvation, what I'm saying is one day you will be purged of all sin. Sin in the future will not be an issue for you. You will be completely cleansed. Now, while we're here on earth, in the time that we live, before the second return of Christ, we are going to deal with a lot of struggles. It's normal. As a Christian, when you're actually living for God, you're going to be lonely. If you are not lonely at times, especially at times, and I'm talking about when you're lonely because you have forsaken the world, if you're not experiencing that, yeah, that's a problem. You need to, you need to have a conversation with God about that. But you should find yourself alone because you shouldn't be doing whatever the world is doing because you like it or it's fun. Crucify that flesh. Get it out of your lives. You don't need it. You might want it because you do still have a sinful nature, even if you are saved. Crucify it. Rage, ra wa not rage, wage war on your sin. Wage war on the worldliness in your life. Get it out. Purge it. It needs to be destroyed. Make a distinction. Make a stand. If you are a child of the living God, make a stand and say, I am God's child and I will not be like the world. I will not fulfill worldly desires. Even things that aren't so overtly sinful, but things that are just worldly that lead to improper thinking or lead possibly to other sins. Get it out. Take a stand. Be courageous. Be brave. And throw yourself at the mercy of Christ. He is your king, and he reigns. And your king desires you to grow in sanctification. Be conformed to the image of Christ every single day. Don't let the world win. I do hope each and every one of you is doing well. I do hope that uh, as you are preparing for the Passion Week, that you reflect on what Christ has done for you. And again, if you don't have a church home, please let me know, and I will be more than happy to help you search for somewhere that you can be part of. We are called to be in fellowship with the people of God. Don't neglect it, folks. It's so vitally important to your growth in holiness. Thank you again for listening to Pilgrim Walk. For more information, go to our website at gracecm.org.